Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Welcome to Joy Business News Desk. The Ghana Education Service has released a assistant headmaster of Inquitia Presby Senior High School of his duties after allegedly assaulting a female student who was reported to have left campus without exact. Also, the minority demands thorough investigation by Parliament's committee investigating the leaked tape on alleged plot to remove the IGP from office, citing disturbing revelations. We have such characters in the police service who do not see themselves as professionals, but as MPP party apparatchiks. And God to save our country. And in this week's edition of Stories of Hope, we delve into the inspiring journeys of two friends who have transformed their status of unemployment to budding entrepreneurs. Job, you go to work every morning, and then you wake up one day and you say, the company has been taking over. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, first of all, I lost my livelihood. Um, I lost my my lifestyle. We have details of these stories plus business and more all in this hour. Stay with us. Welcome back. I am Amisi Nyamiche Thompson. Now the details. The Ghana Education Service has relieved the assistant headmaster of Inquitia Presby Senior High School of his duties. The headmaster is reported to have physically assaulted a female student for leaving the school premises without securing an exit. The incident has since sparked widespread outrage and public condemnation with many calling for a swift action. A statement issued by the Ghana Education Service has since condemned the violent attack. It also underscored the commitment of the service to protecting the welfare of students under its care. It stated that such behaviors are not only unacceptable, but also a breach of the fundamental duty educators have in nurturing a safe and conducive learning environment for all students. The Judicial Service Staff Association of Ghana, JUSAC, has condemned what it describes as invasion and a barbaric attack on the Tamale District Court by some unscrupulous persons. Three people, including a police officer, are still in hospital after sustaining injuries during a riot which broke out at the court yesterday. Now, information available to join news indicates that there was a shooting incident at the court where a man who was allegedly peddling medications illegally was standing trial. Some angry residents allegedly stormed the court premises and pelted stones at court officials and security personnel on duty. The police intervened by firing warning shots to disperse the angry crowd. 13 people have so far been arrested in connection with the attack. My colleague Martina Bugri joins me via Zoom for an update on the development. Martina, is the court open for operations this morning? Yes, um, the court is open, but they are yet to begin sitting. 
when I went to the court this morning and the supervising judge was meeting with his team at the court premises. And so after the meeting, we are told that they would be, they would begin working this morning. But as at the time I visited the place, they were yet to commence sitting for the day. But I was also at the, I was also at the police station this morning. It's been difficult getting information, but what I what we do know is that um, the IGP had sent a team from Accra, and they are meeting the top uh, hierarchy of the regional command here. So as at the time I was at the police station, they were having this meeting at the hospital too. I saw the gentleman who was uh, operated upon. And even though I've not been able to speak to him because hospital authorities say they have to go through the protocols to give me clearance, I saw him lying on the bed. And when he was asked how he was doing, he smiled back and said he was doing well, a sign that he's recovering. But one thing I also saw was that he had a handcuff on his hand. Yesterday, I was told, I'm told that yesterday in the evening, somebody who was in handcuffs led um, the police to the hospital where the man was on admission. And I'm sure that is how come he's also in handcuffs this morning. But there have been limited information on what transpired and he's also in handcuffs this morning. But at the court premises, is there some form of security beefing uh, up at the place to prevent another attack? I could count close to like 10 six security officers this morning at the premises when I visited. Okay. Uh, what about JUSAG? Is there any steps they are taking to avert a future um, repeat of this? Um, when I spoke to the hospital, uh, when I spoke to the uh, registrar, he says that until the meeting is over, they are unable to give any information. And that information will come from the administrator of the court and so we need to wait for that meeting to be ended and then we can get information on what they are going to do next. Uh, thank you so much Martina Bogriza, correspondent in Tamale. Now we go on the lines and speak to Samuel Afote Otu, president of JUSAG. Um, Mr. Otu, thank you for your time here on Newsdesk. Tell us about um, some of your members who were attacked. What is their condition? Okay, uh, thank you and good morning. Morning. Everybody, yes, uh, everybody is okay. Everybody is fine today. Right. Uh, and what have you gathered in terms of circumstances leading to this particular attack? Well, actually, uh, we, we heard it and then we came out with a relief. So we are now waiting to see uh, what happened. But currently, the suspects are under police uh, custody for investigation. Have you had any communication with the police on the matter? Well, actually, uh, even though we are issuing statements, we have management. And uh, Chief Justice, Judicial Secretary, and then, in fact, they are our administrators. So they are doing. Uh, address uh, on behalf of uh, the members. Does this in any way put some fear in your members going, I mean, moving on with such an incident happening? What alternatives or are there any measures you are putting in place to protect your members? I mean, in, in case something like this, this sort should happen again or either way to prevent it from happening again? Uh, sure. Uh, members are afraid now. Because of this incident. In fact, this is not just the first time. Just last week or so, same incident happened at Kaneki. When a suspect was put in a police vehicle, the members or the supporters of the uh, particular suspect were forcing to push that person out, pull him out of, of the car. And this is becoming rampant these days. So what we uh, are trying to do is we want management and then the police service, especially IGP, to reinforce their security mechanisms, especially when uh, there is this such criminal matters pending before the court. We want them to maybe put in more police officers on board to make sure the uh, peace will prevail. 
But um, Mr. Otto, seeing that this is not the first time something of this nature has happened, what do you suspect is fueling this kind of attacks at the court and on your members? Well, actually, I don't really, I can't really tell. I don't know what is actually happening. We are now doing our investigation to see what the cause may be. But what I want to uh, urge Ghanaians to know is uh, we are in democratic state. See, Unfortunately, we are having. Uh, you have a right to You don't attack the court. You don't vandalize the court. You don't do anything like that. Yes, uh, hope, hoping that uh, people will understand this context. Then we do that. Well, Mr. Afototo, I'm very sorry, but we lost you halfway um, in your presentation. Can you please repeat what you said earlier? Uh, what I'm saying is that uh, uh, Ghana is a democratic state now, since 1992. And we should know what the court does and then what they can do. So I just uh, want to urge the general public that judiciary exists for all citizens and that justice is administered in accordance with the law, irrespective of the person involved. All citizens owe it a duty to support our cause to operate in an atmosphere free of all forms of intimidation and violence. So uh, people should know that when you go to court and then you lose, you have a right to appeal. You don't attack the court. You don't vandalize the court. So we want them to understand that context. And then when we do that, uh, I think uh, we, we will live in peace. Thank you very much, Mr. Otto, who is president of JUSAC. The minority is demanding a thorough investigation by the Parliamentary Committee into the leaked IGP tape that has been authenticated. According to the minority, the additional revelations by the Prime Witness Daniel Bugunavo so far are damning and puts the country's stability, especially the pending elections, at risk. Deputy Minority Leader Emmanuel Kofi Amabwa is therefore demanding the committee to get to the bottom of the case. Even with the first day of hearings, it is very clear that indeed, as uh, the testimony went, and I'm trying not to get into the work of the committee, but it's very, very clear that the authenticity of the tape, that indeed this happened, that indeed there was an occasion where this tape was recorded. And so I think that it confirms the worry I had. And I wish the committee well. I believe that they will get to the bottom of these issues uh, and to make sure that uh, all the fears of the people of Ghana who have listened to this tape are addressed. I mean, it should not happen in Ghana that people who have been entrusted at the highest levels to basically protect and safeguard the interests of the people of Ghana and the stability of this country in terms of security, especially when it comes to elections, see themselves as basically working in the interest of a political party to basically ensure a certain outcome. That is a nightmare. If indeed we have such characters in the police service who do not see themselves as professionals, but as MPP party apparatchiks, then God should save our country. We must get to the bottom of it. And I believe that this committee will do exactly that. The Sunan Asagli Power Plant Limited, one of Ghana's successful independent power producers with a production capacity of 560 megawatts, is set to expand its power production capacity with the construction of a third phase of the project. The project, when completed, would add 508 megawatts of power to the national grid. Co-founder of the IPP, Togbi Afede, announced this at the launch of activities to mark the 20th anniversary of his installment as the Agbogbomethia of the Asogli State in Accra. There's more on the following report. 
notable projects that we have promoted over the past years include and thanks to my friends from Shenzhen Energy, the 560 megawatt Sunon Hasasogli power plant, which accounts for 15% of Ghana's power generation capacity. And again, thanks to the support of the chiefs and people of Pung, who gave us land for the project. Thanks to the same support, Asoglipar is looking at the third phase of this project that will add another 508 megawatts of capacity. We also promoted Africa World Airlines, which is exploring opportunities for an aggressive coverage of all of West Africa and beyond in an attempt to make Ghana truly an aviation hub in our sub-region. Thanks to that is why I'll continue to dedicate myself to the noble fight, the battle against poverty, deprivation, and suffering. I look forward to the support of all of you as I intend my efforts to bring development to our country. Major developments that I intend pursuing going forward include the following. Again, thanks to my friends from Shenzhen Energy and Asobipa, whose chairman, Mr. Yan, is with us here. The 50 megawatt solar project in the north, which is ongoing, thanks to my colleagues from Damango in upper, sorry, in the Savannah region, who gave us land for the purpose. And 50 megawatts wind power project in Ada, Again, thanks to the support of uh, the chiefs of Adan, Adan Sege area. As you've heard, we intend developing the Ghana Aviation Academy to be based at the whole airport. We believe that would inspire a lot of our young people to pursue careers in aviation while also boosting our tourism industry. I'm excited about the soon-to-be-completed has Africa Sports Academy with a special gift to the youth of our country. It will be the most modern sports academy in the country. Tagbe Afede is co-founder of Sonnen Asagli Power Limited and today on Stories of Hope, we take you to vibrant streets of Accra where two friends turn adversity into triumph, transforming their passions into thriving businesses. Emmanuel Tay and Emmanuel Chemanti, who despite facing challenges of job loss during the banking sector shakeup, have emerged as shining examples of determination. The following report delves into their journeys. <laughs> Hello. Yes, Quick Rent Africa. Emmanuel here. Okay, what kind of property is that? Two bedroom apartment at La Paz. In the heart of a car. These two gentlemen have turned their passions into thriving businesses. Emmanuel Tay, 32, is helping a client find a rented apartment, and his friend Emmanuel Tremanting now constructs aquariums for homes and offices. But it wasn't all rosy five years ago when these two were laid off their jobs. Sources close to the Bank of Ghana indicate that the bank was to take the action because Backless Ghana, which would soon be rebranded as APSA, on several instances had breached market rules. To the government, it was a banking sector cleanup, but to employees, it was an unemployment crisis. Several indigenous banks were either collapsed or meshed between 2017 
end 2019. Many employees went to bed and woke up the next day without a job. Tai was a victim of the restructuring and unexpectedly lost his position as an accounting manager at Beige Bank after five years. He said it was one of the lowest moments in his life. He lost his source of income and trying to secure other jobs wasn't easy. You have a job, you go to work every morning and then you wake up one day and they say the company has been mm -hmm. um, um, taken over. Yeah. Uh -huh. So first of all, I lost my livelihood. Um, I lost my, my lifestyle. You had a certain lifestyle. Imagine someone who was earning something little at the end of the month and then all of a sudden I have to be home and the, the idea of not having a job to go to itself became a bit depressing. Just about the same time, Chairman Ting experienced the same predicament and right from the breadwinner of his home, he started depending on his parents for handouts. I was a field sale officer. As we go out and we speak to prospects on loans, we give out loans. So mostly I was on the field. Okay, so we can speak to the clients, okay, but taking back, once we give the loan, taking back is a problem, so I have to be laid off. He began working menial jobs just to survive. However, unknown to them. Escuchas ese rugido? Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. These two were about to embark on remarkable journeys that would change their lives. Tre had loved aquariums right from his science class in school, but never had paused for a second to design them. But after he lost his job, he decided to turn his dream into reality. Instead of brooding over his problems, he used this period to experiment. Shortly after, he landed his first contract. I listen to a lot of uh, entrepreneurs who talks about how to, I mean, to be able to translate your passion into weather or something like that. Uh, so uh, when I was laid off, uh, I thought of, apparently I saw one aquarium on the television. It was very nice. You get it? So um, I, that, is, that is also, I got my passion also from there, aside from the idea of the center table. Uh, so that is where I googled in Ghana to see if I can see any aquarium shops. So I saw some few and then I paid them visit and I saw how they built it. So I went to the internet to learn more about it. So that is how come I started my aquarium. And in fact, the first order I had was very huge, was very big. Tai tried many times to secure a job but failed. The COVID-19 pandemic threw a spanner in the works. He stumbled upon an opportunity when renting accommodation became daunting. He decided to turn his predicament into a business, got in touch with a close friend in Kenya, and Rent Africa was born. I had an experience that gave me a rude awakening. So I was actually, like I told you, I, I got other job office. So I thought, let me take one of them and survive with it. So um, one of the job office I got was in Accra here. My job with Southmaster was in Tema. I was actually living in Tema. So now I had to find an apartment. Okay. Um, finding an apartment became an uphill task. So agents would toss me up and down, and I was quite desperate. Eventually, I got, you know, swindled of about 3,000 cities. And I didn't have the money already. <laughs> so you can imagine. Yes. So I thought, okay, this is a problem. Um, like I told you, I've always been entrepreneurial. Okay. I thought, can I find a solution to this? Because I spoke to a couple of people, they have the same challenges. Can I find a solution and commercialize it? So that's what gave birth to Quick Rent. I wanted to build a platform that would help people to sit in the comfort of their home or office and then just plug in and get an apartment without going through agents and all the wahala. Hello. Yes, Quick Rent Africa. Manuel here. His business is just a little over two years old, but it is doing really well. He is optimistic his company will soon become a household name in Africa. The company is new. I've invested a lot of money already. I'm even out. <laughs> okay, there's more I need to do to grow my team. Okay. Like, for example, I need 120 brokers across the country. Okay. I only have a team of 16 right now, so you oh, can imagine. You have a wide gap to You fit. can imagine. You need to get people, you can pay them. Uh -huh. So, um, the, the dream is, I'm actually looking for an investor to help me to be able to expand my team to cover the entire country. Then the, our next stop is we are going to Nigeria.
criteria. We already have a partner who have done the feasibility for us. Okay. Their, their economy is very large. Mm. And therefore, the problem we are looking at here is quadruple that, that, that size in Nigeria. Chuez Aquarium Pieces are breathing life into dull spaces. He tells me he's fulfilled doing what he loves and grateful that he lost his job. Chue has big ambitions for the future. Maybe we've, we've crossed that break-even stage where I mean, now we are able to make a reasonable amount that I can say that uh, maybe in the next one to two years, maybe we'll be able to get a very large uh, showroom where we can let people, I mean, come and also. Because seeing people, they don't even believe it. So the problem I even have is even when a customer happens to fall interest, making payment is the problem. Because I don't have a showroom. That's how come when you came here, they are signboard and things to show them that this is where I am. Uh -huh. And then the problems we mostly face nowadays is, uh, is the trust. I think I'm pretty way, is the trust. But currently I can see that uh, there's hope. These two friends prove that setbacks are setups for bigger comebacks. They transformed job losses into opportunities and blazed into their passions, creating businesses that inspire us all. Now, between the years 2017 and 2023, at least 70 deaths were recorded at the Kanjaga Health Center in the Bursa South District of the Upper East Region, mainly due to the lack of an ambulance, which contributed to delays in referral cases. This is according to the health officer in charge of the facility, who made the revelation when the Rural Urban Partnership for Africa, Ghana, a non-governmental organization, donated a tricycle ambulance to the Kanjaga Health Center to support the provision of emergency health care in the district. Correspondent Albert Sori reports. The Kanjaga Health Center provides health services to hundreds of people in dozens of communities here in the Bursa South District of the Upper East Region. However, the facility has been without an ambulance for many years now. Although the Busa South District benefited from the government's one constituency, one ambulance policy, officials here at the Kanjaga Health Center say it is often difficult to get access to that ambulance due to the fact that it is the only one serving the entire district and is always busy with too many cases. As a result, many patients here in Kanjaga who find themselves in emergency situations have had to rely on traditional means of transportation such as motorcycles. This sometimes results in delays in receiving medical care and ultimately increased risk of complications and even deaths. The health officer in charge of the Kanjaga Health Center, Daniel Aninaya Roxon, disclosed that the facility recorded about 70 deaths in the last six years, mainly due to such delays. I came here since 2017, and I can say that for the case of Rivera, in the case of children or children, we've lost about 20, and then the adults more than 50 okay. three days ago we were having a, a, a labor case the person came through bridge presentation it requires so many skills and the last resort is what uh, uh, cesarean section operation yes. which the, the, this facility have not gotten that capacity and so they have to link up with the assemblyman who are struggling, running here and there to get the, just any motorcycle to send them to Fumbisu or Sandema. And by the time we got the decision, the case lost a child. And so we have a lot of reasons. Yes, just three days ago. Some help has, however, arrived with the Rural Urban Partnership for Africa, Rupfa Ghana a non-governmental organization donating a tricycle ambulance to the Kanjaga Health Center to support the emergency transportation of patients in the community. The tricycle ambulance is designed to navigate the rough road network of the villages, allowing health workers to reach patients in need quickly. It is also equipped with a siren and seats for health officials 
hospitals to be able to provide emergency care during transportation. Lily Osei is the country director for the Rural Urban Partnership for Africa, RUPFA, Ghana. In fact, we came here and I realized that we have a lot of communities depending on this particular health center. And then talking to the people, I realized that certain critical situations and emergencies, they have to use the motorcycle to even help um, pregnant women. And so we believe that bringing this tricycle here, this tricycle ambulance, will contribute to accelerating and achieving the SDG goals, especially the maternal and infant mortality, which is very dear to our hearts. With their funding partners, Action Solidarity for Human Development, ASOD France, Rupfa Ghana also supported the Basa and Wablisa Community-Based Health Planning Services Centers in the Busa North Municipality with a refrigerator each for the storage of medicines. Christophe Lafogli works with ASOD. For us, it's uh, very common to work in partnership with uh, NGOs. We started uh, more than two years ago uh, to have some uh, projects in development in, in Ghana because we want to uh, improve the situation in uh, different uh, kind of things as in health, in uh, education and also in uh, water, in providing uh, good quality for drinking water. So that's why we started uh, a partnership with uh, Ropfa in order to improve the chips compound and uh, the health center by providing them some medical stuff. All the items donated to the three health facilities, including 10 benches, were valued at 62,400 Ghana cities. Uh, we have been relying on the National Ambulance, which is at Fumbisi District, and that takes um, the whole of Busa South. So at the need of the ambulance, when you call, they can say that they, they have taken some other person or other cases to a referral center. The ambulance definitely will hasten the referral services, saving life, the life of the mother and the baby and other clients that will come there. For Joy News, Albert Sorry, Kanjaga, Bulsa South District. President of the Ghana Institute of Architects, Foster Osaya Kuno, has urged government to assign architects to metropolitan, municipal and district assemblies throughout the country to serve as technical advisors. Architect Foster Osanakuna also noted that lack of architects in the Upper West region is a disservice to the people as only one out of the 11 MMDAs in the region has an architect. He spoke after a town hall meeting held in WA as part of activities marking the 60th anniversary celebration of the Institute. Rafik Salam has more. The Ghana Institute of Architects, GIA, is a body that drives its existence from the Professional Bodies Registration Act 1973, NCRD 143. The practice of architects is regulated per Architects Act 1969, NLCD 357, with Architects Registration Council of Ghana, ARC, an agency of the Ministry of Works and Housing as a regulator. President of the GIA, Architect Foster Osayo Kono expressed concern over the uncontrolled nature of development in the country who does not respect the building regulations. As architects, we are not enthused with the built environment being created day in and day out in the entire country. The uncontrolled nature of development which does not respect the building regulation, building code and other statutory documents governing the management of the built environment. The question one may ask is who are the managers of the built environment? Let us take note that the trained eyes of the architect sees things in the built environment that the untrained or ordinary eyes of the populace are unable to, to see. Let us therefore collaborate to make the built environment of Upper West Region the one that we will 
all be proud to lead to. Out of the 11 municipal and district assemblies in the Apples region, only the one municipal assembly can boast of having an architect. He therefore urged the government to assign architects to the other 10 MDAs in the region to help in their work. We must understand that architects are visionaries. They direct the development of the built environment three-dimensionally. And that if they are not posted there, it becomes challenging. We submit drawings to the assemblies. The assemblies do not have the knowledge, most of the assemblies, especially here in the Upper West region, to even read the drawings, let alone give the we are available to support the government. We have been saying and we continue to push that we can send um, on the average two architectural firms as a short-term strategy to, the, to all the assemblies throughout the country as technical advices. Whilst government prepare to employ architects permanently to assemblies. the minister. Dr. Fis bin Sali, in a speech read on his behalf by the chief director of the Apple's Region Coordinating Council, Peter Mala, described the role of the architect as visionary. He noted that the concept of physical infrastructure development within the built environment begins with design by the architect. The architect is therefore the designer of a society's built environment and thereby provide one of the most vital of all human needs, that is shelter. The architect is the team leader in the built environment and in the performance of his duties or her duties. is referred to as a visionary, a regulator, an integrator, and an environmentalist, as well as a preservationalist in the process of national development. The town hall meetings organized by the DIA are part of the Institute's social responsibility lineup to mark the 60th anniversary of the Institute. 12 of the town hall meetings will take place in 12 regions this year, while the remaining four regions will have their turn next year. Reporting for Dway News, Rafik Salam. Wah! In a time when dreams were merely whispered wishes and opportunities seemed scarce, one man's unwavering determination led to the birth of a school. Over half a century ago, he planted the seeds of education that would go on to bear the most remarkable fruits, a legacy of great personalities. Inspector General of Police, Dr. George Ekufo-Dampari, is one of the luminaries that the institutions has nurtured. He expressed that Nanopo Kwampuma, the founder of UPSA, has played a pivotal role in cultivating remarkable individuals like himself, for whom gratitude will endure eternally. There's more on this report by Jacqueline Ansuma Yeboah. In history, there are those whose visionary pursuit plants the seeds of greatness yielding a harvest that spans generations. Almost five and a half decades ago, an audacious individual, the first, embarked on a mission to ignite the flames of education. Little did he know that his humble beginnings will give rise to a profound legacy, nurturing exceptional individuals who will shape the world. He is the founder and first director of the Institute of Professional Studies, IPS, now University of Professional Studies, UPSA. He is now 95 years old and the product of his hard work and decided to give him flowers while he is still alive. Among these remarkable fruits stands the Inspector General of Police, Dr. George Akufudampari, a testament to the transformative power of this man's vision. Dr. Dampari revealed that Nana Opoku Ampuma I is a visionary figure whose influence goes beyond the classroom. A huge difference in their lives from the Pentagon of people that you will never know them all. Whatever happened in the cost of the establishment of the school up to this point, it was divinely calculated. If those things had not happened, maybe the school couldn't have been where it is today. And if I to be very proverbial, 
and probably for the rest of the time. I will say, Ababa, we were just a tree. A seed planted became a tree with branches and started bearing fruits. But in your case, the fruits were not meant for consumption alone, but for replantation. Professionals that are in, who are imparting this country at all levels, and that is why you demonstrated. You have nothing much in terms of material wealth to show. But what satisfaction would that give you compared to what is happening to you today? And you knowing that by your action, there has been a creation of international forest of human beings imparting society and you becoming a, a transgenerational blessing. This story is not confined to one voice alone. Global president of UPSA alumni, Francis Dazi, adds another layer to this narrative. We came to realize that the man was alive. When we went to school, he was not there. We used his buildings. And when we heard that he was alive, we decided to look for him. And we also heard that his birthday was coming up. So we decided to, to come and honor him and to thank him for the seed that he sowed so many years ago. Which some of us... Had. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este... Comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Myself, the IGP. Ok. Asante Hini Otufo. We will not have had it. Honorable Kandapa. The media pass auditor Dan Domlevu. For us, we will not wait for him to pass on and go to his funeral. We will honor him while he's alive and come and acknowledge that Nana, we are fruit of your labor. Even though the school was taken away, he doesn't see God. We are coming to show ourselves. That we went to your school, we studied, and we are who we are today. Nana Opoku Ampo I is a hero who represents resilience and mentorship. And indeed, he has had a profound impact on tertiary education. For Joy News, Jacqueline and Suma Iaboa. And on this note, we take a break. We'll be right back with business. Hello, my name is Abeku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still need chop better with EcoBank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of EcoBank. Download EcoBank Mobile from Google Play Store or the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank. We've had news file over the weekend and uh, an interesting part of the conversation. Focused... Oh no, we are out of range. Oh, don't worry, Daddy. I have Alexa in my bag. Alex, what? Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana and play Joy FM. Super Hits Radio, Radio. Joy 99.7. Listen to Joy FM, Hits FM, Love FM, live on your Amazon Echo.
Listen to your favorite multimedia radio stations live on your Amazon Echo device by saying, Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana, play Joy FM or Hits FM or Love FM or catch up on your favorite podcast by saying, Alexa, play. And then the name of your favorite podcast from Multimedia Ghana. For a list of all podcasts available, say Alexa. Ask Multimedia Ghana to browse programs. And we are back like we never lost signal. Alexa, welcome to Multimedia. The new football season is here and it's best seen on HD Plus in five times crystal clear images. See the new signings, jerseys, silky skills and great goals. Catch the DFB Copa, J1 League and the Argentina Copa de la Liga Profesional on Sport HD Channel 151. The best of African football on JTV Sports Plus Channel 150. World football is best seen Philly Philly on HD Plus. Grab a coder and subscribe for three months at 85 Ghana CDC at HD Plus. See it free. me a lot because I was not born with it and across the line it happens like this. I have not been in this situation before so when this happened I decided to kill myself. Some of them also like hate us naturally because of our situation and some of them I don't know some of them think we are unuseful, so getting close to us is very difficult. All the facilities we have on campus are not disability friendly. That is the major problem, accessibility. Here we are sitting now, he's saving us our office, our storeroom, learning center for the students and then uh, the ICT center. Our prayer is that one day, one day, uh, a philanthropist or any corporate body will come into our aid. Hello, good morning. Welcome to business. My name is Daryl Kwao. Uh, members of the Ghana Hotels Association are expected to march towards the premises of the Public Utilities Regulatory Commission uh, today. Ahead of that, President of the Association is addressing the press uh, on their concerns about the increase in utility tariffs. Let's listen in. Bluntly. The administration of the Tourism Development Fund has denied tourism trade associations the needed financial support to be effective partners in the public-private sector collaboration space. Another worrying trend, and this is very important, another worrying trend over the past few years has been the lack of accountability in the disbursement of the fund. We call on the board of the Ghana Tourism Authority to revisit the proposal for a portion of the fund to be allocated to functional, functional tourism trade associations every year to support the aspiration of the associations. We also call on the board to revert to the old practice where the stakeholders were updated regularly on the inflows and outflows of the fund. The Public-Private Partnership Forum, this is the last one. The Public-Private Partnership Forum, which we all used to as PPPF, 
is a provision in the Tourism Act 817 that is structured to ensure regular, and that's quarterly, engagement among stakeholders in the tourism and hospitality sector with the aim of discussing challenges facing the sector and looking for ways to addressing them thereof. The association believes that the enormous benefits embedded in the PPPF is yet to be tapped and steps must be taken urgently to address it. A case in point is a recent presidential summit on tourism held on 30th and 31st May 2023, which had all the elements of a PPPF. The president was there, uh, private sector was there, academia was there, all the gurus in the industry were there. A number of important issues were raised at the summit which, when addressed, will go a long way to advance the growth and tourism in the country. Unfortunately, almost three months after the summit, there seems to be no roadmap for addressing the issues that were raised at the presidential summit. The association has also raised a number of issues, such as mandatory membership of hotels association by hotels, copyright royalty, funding of trading, trading activities, of which have not received the needed attention. The association is calling on the ministry and the Ghana Tourism Authority to work towards getting the most out of the PPPF. In conclusion, ladies and gentlemen of the press, we trust that we have put out here this morning, or what we have put out here this morning will serve as a wake-up call to the government ministries and agencies to pay more attention to some of the issues confronting the hotel industry and the tourism and hospitality industry at large to ensure its sustenance and growth. As we say in our association, together we can make a difference. Meanwhile, ladies and gentlemen of the press, immediately after this conference, we are marching to the head office of the PRC to present a petition to the Executive Secretary. We have notified the police of this match in line with the Public Order Act. Thank you so much for your rapt attention. But we'd like to hear from our sister organization, our sister association, Reverend Jida. Maybe you have something to add to what the president just said. Yes. Uh, as far as we we all operate the same facilities, whatever Ghana hotels are going through, we are also going through the same thing. Day by day, night by night, I share ideas with. Dr. Nyamike, when we received our bills, I immediately called him and I said, this is what has happened. And he said, yes. He also received, but he thought there is a leakage in his hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so we said, then let's look at the best way to address. We wrote to Ghana Water First. There was no response. We wrote also to the head office. Then... PURC, they responded. And as doctor have indicated, the same answer was given to us. So how can we be operating a facility? And high cost. We are not selling water. Water is part and parcel of our service. So anyone that comes to the hotel, by all means we use water. But we are not selling it. So they, they, they're supposed to understand where we are coming from. They say you are using the water to do business. It is not the water that we are using to do business. It's part of our service. If you go to a hotel and there is no water, you can't be comfortable because hotel facilities are supposed to give security, comfortability, and service. And water is part of our service. I believe that in his address, address, 
He didn't even go to uh, electricity. Why? He, he mentioned it, the increment. But we understood how electricity were also increasing. According to what PURC have indicated. But for water from 13 Ghana cities or 13 point something Ghana cities to 30 Ghana cities. From 11, first it was 9 in September. And they, uh, they increased it, then it went to 11. And 11 were expecting that the second quarter would be better. That is, okay, 13, then it shoot to 30, which is high. Hotels that are being built around uh, 800 Ghana City, now it's about 4,000 something. And no hotel at the moment, because clients are not there. The Ghana Hotels Association addressing the press ahead of a march uh, to the premises of the Public Utilities Regulatory Commission. They are raising concerns about the cost of water and electricity. We keep following that for you. We'll bring you updates subsequently. You're watching the news desk. Amir will be back in a bit. Started um, close to 10 years ago. And during national service, uh, I happened to run into some business idea. I was posted to Forestry Commission. We went for some inspection in one forest reserve. I met with the forest manager who introduced me to beekeeping. And myself, I've, I've been an entrepreneur growing up. So I picked up the idea because. I knew that along the line, even if I get a job, I was still going to venture into the passion of doing business myself. Judith had no idea about beekeeping, but decided to give it a try. With a growing middle income earners in Ghana, even as, back, as far back as close to 10 years ago, I felt that it was something that could sell. This Wednesday, on TV, radio, online, and on ground, the Joy Business Van. Powered by Joy Business and supported by EcoBank, the Pan African Bank. And MTN, what are we doing today? Welcome back. I'm Amy Senior Mitchell Thompson. Now, Gold Mine, uh, Gold Line Mining Company Limited is investing part of its profits in the improvement of road network in the Amansi South District of Ashanti region. A total of 2.5 kilometers of road will be reshaped with eight major bridges and drains constructed under the project. This is in response to an appeal for the company to adopt the initiative as part of its corporate social responsibility. Nanai Aljima has more on the following report. In the rainy season, many communities are cut off due to flooding and the rough nature of roads in the Amanse area. Farmers are unable to visit their farms sometimes for days. On rainy days, we find it difficult to go to our farms. Sometimes we don't go because it floods. Roads in the Mansu Enclave, a major area for gold production, remain in poor shape. Government has already commenced construction of about 60 kilometers of road, including 25-kilometer highway to link Ashanti and Western North regions. Nonetheless, some areas are yet to be served. District Chief Executive for Amansia South, Clement Opoku-Jemfi, is optimistic the partnership with the company for the 2.5 million kilometer road will largely benefit communities. 
um, as part of the uh, corporate social responsibility as a company, um, they have also decided to hit to our core and um, construct eight bridges in the Apunapon Wahasu community for which they operate. They operate within that community. So it's as, as, as part of their corporate social responsibility to construct eight bridges and do some drains, drain work for us and do reshipping as well. What you are seeing here is um, a farm, um, the road leading to their farms. And whenever it rains, they find it so difficult to even get to their farms. So um, two bridges will be constructed here. Already, most of the materials needed for the construction is secured for the project to take off. Well, that's all we have here on Joy News Desk. There's more news on myjoyonline.com. I am Amisi Nyamiche Thompson. Thanks for joining us. viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.